Welcome to the Faith Talk podcast. We're excited you are listening today. Prepare to be challenged and inspired through today's episode. We pray that every fear is dispelled and your faith is increased as you hear the word of God. Now, let's listen in with our host, Caleb Schaefer. So Luke 11.1, 1, the Bible says this. He was praying in a certain place. And when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Teach us to pray, they said, as John taught his disciples. And then in the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 6 and verse 18, Paul said this, praying always, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Jesus' disciples recognized that there were things that he could teach them about prayer. There were things that he could teach them to do. And they said, we want to do that. We want to do what you do. We want to pray like you pray. So teach us how to pray. And they understood that their way of prayer was not the most effective way. They wanted to understand how Jesus did it. They said John taught his disciples how to pray, John the Baptist. And so they said, will you do the same for us? Will you teach us how we ought to pray? And what Paul indicates to us here is, and what we see from careful examination from the word of God is that there is more than one kind of prayer. A lot of the time we think about prayer and we think about it all under one heading. But there are, there are several kinds of prayer. There are seven specific ty- kinds of prayer that we're going to go over tonight. And one of those types of prayer is the prayer of agreement. The prayer of agreement. See, we have authority in the spirit. We've gone through spiritual authority class here. We've gone through that course. And if you were in that course, you know that you have authority. You know that you have a place to stand in the spirit realm. You know that you are not just out there on your own, but you have the authority that Jesus gave to you when you pray. And the way you use your authority primarily and predominantly is by the words that you speak out of your mouth. That's how you use your authority. How did God use his authority? When he began the world, he spoke. He spoke things into existence. He used his words to speak things into existence. And so when you pray, that is what you're doing is you're speaking out of your mouth with authority. Now the Bible says that God will give to us the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven so when you're speaking you have the power to bind and loose things and this is where a lot of people get into trouble is that they begin to bind and loose things without even knowing it You can bind and loose things by your authority because you are in submission to God. You can bind and loose things without even knowing it. How do you bind and loose things? Well, you can either loose the Holy Spirit to work in your life 
You can lose healing in your life. You can lose uh, financial blessing in your life. You can lose uh, good relationships in your life. You can lose peace. You can lose joy in your life and allow those things to work. Or you can lose negativity in your life. You can lose, you can lose bad health into your life. You see, when you speak out of your mouth, and you're constantly talking about how bad you have it and how your parents went through it and your grand well grandma was divorced and mom and dad got divorced uh, so i guess that's just the generational thing that i have in my life that i'm going to go through you see what you can bind and loose you can loose things in your life uh, without even knowing it you can loose things in your life uh, without even doing it on purpose uh, and what you want to do is you want to begin to refocus your mind and you want to begin to refocus your energy to begin to speak the word of god only speak things that line up with the word only because then you're going to be binding and loosing the right things a lot of people will go down through the line of all the things that they have going wrong in their life. Some people, you just, you ask them how they're doing and then you regret it, right? You ask them how they're doing and, you, and, and they just give you this long list, uh, this laundry list uh, of all the things uh, that are going wrong in their life. Uh, and it's all right if they're saying, hey, will you pray with me? Will you ask me? For, you know, well, I'm asking you, I'm telling you this because I want you to agree with me in prayer. But some people, every single time you talk to them, you know, it's just terrible. You know, they've got a hangnail and they've got gangrene in their foot now and they're going to have to amputate and the house they're coming for the house and they're coming for the car and they're having a everything's wrong everything's just going bad all the time everything's terrible and you know those people well without they without them even knowing it if they're a christian and they're submitted to god they're loosing things in their life because they're talking about how you can prophesy bad things for yourself. You can say, well, I guess I'm just going to have to go have treatments again. I guess uh, this is probably just going to be the one that takes me out. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. And you can begin to speak things in your own life and loose things without even knowing it. And that's why you've got to be careful what words are coming out of your mouth. And that's why you need sometimes someone to agree with you in prayer, the prayer of agreement for each other. And you need to get someone who will agree with you in prayer. Now, what do you need to do when you get someone who will agree with you in prayer this was this was something that the early church understood this was something that the early church uh, they they lived by because when they when they had trouble they would get someone to agree with them in prayer they would get someone but you've got to make sure that that person that you get to agree with you in prayer in that prayer of agreement is someone who believes the same way that you do Amen. If you're believing for a healing, don't call somebody that doesn't believe in healing.
If you're believing for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, don't call somebody that doesn't believe in the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Don't call your, your friend from work who's a Buddhist and ask them to agree with you in prayer. It doesn't work that way. Agreement means that you are praying in the same direction for the same thing. And the Bible says that if we'll come into agreement where any two of us agree as touching any one thing, it shall be done by our Father in heaven. So when we pray in agreement, when you have a need and you have a prayer partner, somebody that you know believes the way that you do about the thing, somebody that you know will commit to praying with you, Somebody that you know has a prayer life. Don't call somebody that doesn't pray and ask them to agree with you in prayer. You call somebody that you know prays and ask them to agree in prayer and they will agree with you. And so when you agree in prayer, there is power in that agreement with that other person. The second type of prayer is unified prayer. Unified prayer. One of the keys of the power of the early church was that they were in one accord. One accord means they had one mind. They were in agreement. Now this one kind of overlaps a little bit with agreement, with the prayer of agreement, but you understand that the prayer of agreement is with a handful of people and unified prayer is praying in a group setting with one accord, with one mind. When we all pray in service to open up the service, we all agree together in one mind with one accord. We hope, we hope that we all are getting together into unity. That's one of the first steps that we do every service to get into unity. And so we've got to come together in unified prayer. Prayer of agreement can be when you come to the altar and you talk to the handful of people up here and they pray with you and agree with you. Unified prayer is in a group setting. We're in agreement about what is what it is that should happen when we pray for someone like Melinda and we all come together in unified prayer. The Bible says that if you're in agreement, the principle will multiply your effectiveness. We, we had that verse on our study guide. One can put a thousand to flight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. At that rate, three can put a hundred thousand to flight and four can put a million to flight. Do you see God's power? He wants to multiply his God's, his power through us exponentially. Exponentially. So make sure you're in agreement in whatever it is you're praying about. Don't let other people do all your praying for you. Don't say, hey, will you agree with me in prayer about this and hang up and let them pray? You got to pray too. There has to be agreement. So much of the time people have more confidence in somebody else's relationship with God than they have in their own. People have more confidence in somebody else's relationship with God than they have in their own relationship with God. A lot of people, we categorize people. We categorize people in the church. 
and we think that these ones are up on this level and these ones are up on this level and these ones are up on this level and everybody has you know some people have to call long distance to get to God and for other people it's a local call but it doesn't work that way it doesn't work that way pastor Stevie doesn't have a red phone back in his office He's got to he's got to fight the same way you do. I got to fight the same way you do. Crystal has to fight the same way you do. We all have to go through it. We all have to fight in prayer. And so no one has a higher level in in the spirit. No one has a better direct line to God than you have. You have the same direct line that I have. And it all comes through the same means. Prayer Someone called the church not long ago, said, hey, can Pastor Stevie come pray for this person? And we said, well, Pastor Stevie's not available, but I was available. I said, I'll be glad to come and pray. They said, oh no, we need Pastor Stevie. And I wasn't offended. I thought it was funny. But I said a prayer right where I was at, and I guess, I guess Pastor Stevie got there at some point. But there are people who categorize people's relationship with God. And in reality, anybody in this room could have went and prayed. Anybody could go and pray. You just have to get it down in you that you have an anointing, and you are a prayer warrior, and you hit your knees the same way that we hit our knees and we begin to talk to God the same way that you begin to talk to God. And when we all get that into our minds and when we all unify in prayer and when we all get together and start agreeing for the same thing, we'll see those things happen that we're praying for. We'll see those miracles happen that we're praying for. When people come up through the prayer line, we see miracles happen because we're all together in one accord, believing together for the miracles. We're all believing together, unified prayer. Individual prayer for individual needs is needed sometimes, and corporate prayer is needed for corporate needs sometimes. You need to get into prayer for a situation yourself before you get someone else on the phone and ask them to pray. Pray yourself and then ask someone else to pray too. Husbands and wives need to be agreeing with one another about everything that involves their home, their finances, their future, their family, and everything else. If you have a husband or a wife who is saved, that person needs to be in agreement with you. You need to get hands and pray over it whatever the situation is. Now, if your husband or your wife isn't saved, they might not even, they might not even want anything to do with God. They might not, I know there are people in this place that, that their, their husband or their wife fights them every step of the way. I know wives whose husbands cuss them because they come here to church. And you're not gonna get that person to agree with you in prayer. I understand that. But, you can get somebody else to agree with you in prayer. And you pray for your spouse, you pray for your significant other that isn't coming to church, that isn't 
doesn't have a relationship with God. Amen. Now, if you're dating somebody who doesn't have a relationship with God, that's called missionary dating, and it does not work. It does not work. Do not date someone that does not have a relationship with God. I know that that doesn't probably apply to anyone in here, but I'm talking to you two on Facebook. Get someone who will agree with you in prayer. If you can't grab hands and pray together about things, you got to get someone who will agree with you in prayer. Number three, the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith. God wants you to pray the prayer of faith. What does that mean? The prayer of faith is something specific that you need for yourself or that you desire. We serve a need-meeting God. We serve a God who supplies our desires as well, a desire that God places in us. The Bible said in Psalm 37, 4, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Not that he'll give you whatever you dream up, okay? Because some people desire some crazy things that aren't in line with God's word. If you desire something that is not in line with God's word, you need to check yourself, get to the altar, and lay that thing down. Okay? God will not give you something that is not in line with his word. Don't pray for somebody else's husband or wife. Okay? Don't say, I want that. And God, you got to give it to me because I'm delighting myself in you and your word says. That's not how it works. Get yourself into alignment with God's word and pray things that line up with God's word and he will give you the desires of your heart. Not just whatever you dream up. Okay? Some people pray for things and they pray for things that would take them away from God. I've seen it. I've seen people pray for things, pray for a blessing that would take them away from God. I've seen people pray for a job that would pull them away from God. I've seen God pray. I've seen people pray for things. Some people, I've seen them, they, they pray for a fishing boat and then they go out on that fishing boat every Sunday instead of come to church. Pray for things that line up with the word of God, not just something crazy that you dream up. He'll place a God-given desire in your heart for a thing. You might not need it. You might just want it. You may not see any reason why you ought to have something that he, he places that desire in your heart. God might say, uh, you, you know, he might put into your heart the desire for another house. And you might not, you might say, I don't have a need for another house. I have one house and I live in that one house and I don't have a need for that other house. But he may have a reason for you to have that other house and he places that desire down in your heart so that you can rent that house out and make some money to sow into the kingdom. God will do things like that. The prayer of faith. He may place a desire in you for something that has nothing to do with you. He may place a desire down on the inside of you for a ministry to minister to other people. He may place a desire down on the inside of you for you to pray for something that you'll be able to bless someone else with. God is glorified when you ask him for things and he gives it to you. It's your father's good pleasure to give you everything that has anything to do with the kingdom. Amen. Then comes the prayer of praise and worship. 
the prayer of worship, thanksgiving, or praise, sometimes instead of focusing on asking God what it is he can do for us, we need to ask ourselves what it is that we can do for God. We need to ask ourselves what it is that we can thank God for, that we can pour out blessing on him for all that he has done for us. We do a whole lot. We do a lot of begging. We do a whole lot of, of, of asking God for things and too little praising. Sometimes we need to just go into our prayer closet and begin to worship and begin to praise and not ask God for anything and walk out of there after we're done doing that. I know we all have prayer lists a mile long. I know we have prayer lists of things that, that need ministering in our lives and people that need touched. But sometimes we just need to go into the prayer closet and we just need to pray and thank God for what he's done so far and worship him for what he's done so far and what he's about to do. God, we believe that you're, you have greater things in store. And so God, we just worship you for that right now. We praise you for that right now. God, I didn't come in here to ask you for anything today. I just came in here to pour my love on you and break your box, break your alabaster box and pour that oil out on him. Sometimes we've got to do that. And in doing that, God will begin to bless you even as you're doing that. God will begin to pour things out onto you as you're worshiping and praising him. He'll begin to show up without you even, without you even going down your list of things that you need to pray for. You'll just begin to see prayers answered because he comes close when you worship. He comes near when you worship. He says he inhabits the praises of his people. So when you begin to praise him and when you begin to worship him, he has no choice but to come and hear what you're saying. And you don't even have to ask for anything. He just begins to do stuff. He just begins to do stuff. Those of you who, who have a husband or a wife or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or even a, a close family member that you, you, you know how that when you begin to do things, husbands, when you bring your wife some flowers and some chocolate and you begin to tell her how pretty she is and she says, what can I do for you? When you cook somebody a meal, when you can begin to treat them well, they say, what can I do for you? How can I, how can I begin to return the favor? And God will do that for us when we begin to just pour out our praise and worship on him. We got a lot to thank him for. We got a lot to worship him for. He never did another thing we got a plenty to praise him for. we got plenty to worship him for. we got a lot of things to say thank you for. And then the next is the prayer of commitment. The prayer of commitment. This is the prayer. The prayer of commitment is when you place yourself in God's hands. And in, 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 a, certain, in a way, the, the salvation prayer that we pray is a, a type of the prayer of commitment. Because you're placing yourself in God's hands. Jesus put himself in God's hands every single day of his life. And eventually he encountered a place they called the Garden of Gethsemane. The Bible says in Matthew 26, 39, And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, 
saying, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Jesus didn't say that because he didn't know what God's will was. He said it because he did know what God's will was. And he wanted to make sure that he and everybody else around him understood that he was willing to do what God wanted and not what he wanted. When you begin to place yourself in God's hands every day, when you recommit yourself to him every single day, God has more of an opportunity to work in your life. We should get up every morning and commit ourselves to God for the day. God, I'm not going to go do what I want to do today. God, I'm not just going to go do the things that I want to do. But God, if you place somebody in my path, if you give me an opportunity, I will do what you ask me to do. There are so many times where our will is grinding against God's will. We want one thing and we know that God wants another thing. And what Jesus did in the garden of Gethsemane was he crushed his will. There were two wills that went into the garden and only one will that came back out. And we got to do that every day. We've got to get up in the morning and we've got to say, God, I know that there are two wills here. There are your will and my will. And God, right as the beginning of the day starts, God, I want to crush my will so that your will is the only will that I follow today. Everyone in our Christian life is going to experience some sort of garden of Gethsemane. We're all going to go through some sort of a, an experience where our will is crushed. And it's better to do it voluntarily than to grind and fight against what God wants. Romans 12, 1 said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, you're a sacrifice. I'm a sacrifice. We're all sacrifices. We're not here to do our will. We're here to do God's will. The fifth type of prayer is the prayer in tongues, praying in the Spirit. It's also one of the nine manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit that is exclusive to this dispensation. It is exclusive to the dispensation of grace. That, that's one of the things that gets me, that when people say that tongues died with the apostles, and miracles died with the apostles. People say that all those things died with the apostles. Uh, well, can I tell you, when Jesus died, the law was fulfilled. So the, the, the law, the dispensation of the law was over and we entered into the dispensation of grace. And that grace for us, the blood of Jesus still covers us. The blood of Jesus is available to us. And so are all the gifts that came after he died. Everything that happened in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts is still available to us. Everything, all the gifts are still available to us. 
And we've got to get that into our minds. This is, there's something that is exclusive of this dispensation that was poured out on the 120 that gathered together in the upper room on the day of Pentecost when the tongues of fire fell down and they began to speak in other tongues. There is a dimension to your prayer that you don't have before you start speaking in other tongues. There's an extra dimension when you pray, when you begin to speak in tongues as you pray. There's an extra level that you go up in your prayer life when you pray in tongues. It is exclusive to this dispensation. The Old Testament prophets didn't have it. The, the, the New Testament, a lot of the New Testament prophets didn't have it until the book of Acts. And then the book of Acts came and the Bible said that the Holy Ghost fell in that upper room. So if the Old Testament prophets had it and John the Baptist didn't get the chance to get it and a lot of the New Testament people didn't get the chance to get it we have something they didn't have we have this ability we have this opportunity it happens as a result of you receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost and what it means is after you've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost you can pray in tongues anytime you want to this was a promise that Jesus made his disciples shortly before his resurrection concerning what it is that would happen to him after his ascension. One of the things that God wants all of his people to do is to be empowered, not only to be a witness, but to help other people understand how they can be a witness. And Jesus said, you would be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. He said, first, though, you're going to receive power to be a witness. Miracle working power, power that is capable of reproducing itself, power that's available to every single believer as a result of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He didn't send them out before they received the power. He said, I'm going to send you out, but first you're going to get power. I'm going to give you power to do the things that I'm sending you out to do. And he said, one of those things is the baptism in the Holy Ghost, that power, that dunamis power. That dynamite power. And so praying with other tongues is important for us because we need that power. Have you ever prayed without power? Have you ever prayed and felt like nothing was happening? Have you ever prayed and just felt like your prayer was hitting a brick wall, that it just wasn't going any higher than the ceiling, that you, you just couldn't get through? But if you get if you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you begin to pray in other tongues, you begin to pray in a language that you can't even understand and the Holy Spirit begins to pray through you and you are praying on a level that even your mind can't comprehend. And so we've got to have that prayer in tongues. You've got to have that ability. Sometimes you'll feel a need to pray for someone and you have no idea what they're going through. You have no idea. Sometimes you'll have a feeling, just this looming feeling that something terrible is about to happen or something terrible is happening. And you can begin to pray in other tongues uh, on a level that you couldn't even pray in your English language with. When you begin to pray in tongues, you're asking God for things you don't even know. You don't even know. You're, you're, you're summoning angels 
on, on someone's behalf. Uh, you're, you're asking for God to heal someone, asking God to protect someone, whatever it is. When you begin to pray in tongues, your spirit, that part of you that came directly from God is the part that's praying. And so we've got to have that in the Christian walk, that type, this, this kind of prayer, praying in tongues. It doesn't come from your mind. You can't make up a language of the Spirit that comes from the Holy Spirit that dwells in you in overwhelming measure. A lot of people think the only way that they can pray in tongues is when the Spirit of God's moving on them. That's not true. You can pray in tongues now. You can turn it on. You can turn it off just like a water faucet. Wherever you're at, whatever you're doing. Sometimes you'll see somebody and, and you'll just get this feeling that they need some sort of prayer. And just you, you can begin to pray in tongues. Sometimes I'm up at Walmart. Sometimes I'm, I'm out doing whatever, going to visit somebody at the hospital. I don't know what to pray. So I begin to pray in tongues. Sometimes you're in a situation in a crowd of people and you begin to get an uneasy feeling like something's about to happen and you can pray in tongues you can pray in tongues your prayer language you can start when you want to you can stop when you want to the bible says that he that prays in unknown tongue Praise not unto men, but unto God. You build up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the spirit. Your spirit is edified. Your spirit is built up. Your spirit is charged up when you pray in the Holy Ghost. So we ought to do it regularly. We ought to do it regularly. You can pray according to the perfect will of God, regardless of whether we know what to pray for or not. When you pray in tongues, that's not your mind praying. So you might be praying in your English language in a certain way, and God wants you to pray a completely different way. And when you begin to pray in tongues, you're not, your, your mind isn't getting in the way. You're taking the limits off of God. You're taking him out of the box and you're praying as the spirit would have you pray so that you're not, your, your finite mind isn't getting in the way of what God wants to do. You might not even be able to believe for what God wants to do in someone's life or in your own life, in your natural mind. And if you begin to pray in tongues, your spirit prays in a way that your mind can't comprehend and he, God will, will do things that you didn't even think he could do. And then number seven is the prayer of intercession. The, the prayer of intercession. Intercession by definition means a prayer or a petition or an entreaty in favor of another. You can't intercede for yourself. You can't intercede for yourself. A prayer of intercession has to be done by someone else on your behalf to intercede literally means to stand in the gap for to bridge the gap to fill in the hole between God and that other person when you begin to intercede for that other person intercession is for someone else but intercession means to pray it is a meeting with God. It is a conversation with God. It is a petition to God. It is to meet with him in order to talk to him about what's going on for someone else. There are essentially three different aspects of intercession. You just decide to pray for somebody else. You can do that anytime you want to. You can do that anytime. 
you, you feel the need to pray for someone else, they're on your prayer list, however it is, when you begin to pray for them, you're interceding for them. The second one is when the Spirit of God prompts you to pray for someone else. You might get woken up in the middle of the night and God will put someone on your heart, someone on your mind that you know you need to pray for. You might know somebody that's going through a rough time and all of a sudden God just quickens you through the day and you begin to think about that person and you can intercede for them. And then the other kind of intercession is when God literally uses you to groan and travail, as the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, making groanings which cannot be uttered in articulate speech, groaning and travailing in the Spirit. That's something that's done as the Spirit of God determines to use an individual as a vessel in the earth. If you ever come to some of our prayer meetings, sometimes someone will go into a travail, they'll go into a groan in the Spirit, and they'll begin to to groan from their spirit and you'll hear it and it's not words there are tears there there are there are groanings there are noises that aren't words coming up out of them and you know that they've gotten a hold of God they're interceding when you go to God on behalf of someone else in faith in Jesus name God hears and God answers we are those who have authority that has been delegated to us by God here on the earth if someone doesn't ask God to move in someone's life it's likely that that movement is not going to occur you're saved because someone prayed for you you're here tonight because someone was praying for you Somebody prayed that you would have a relationship with God. It might have been a grandma, it might have been a mom or a dad, it might have been a grandpa, an uncle, or an aunt, a brother, or sister, a son, or a daughter. Somebody prayed for you. It might be somebody that you don't even know that prayed that you would get, get that God would save you. Somebody prayed for you. And unless someone prays for someone, it's very unlikely that they'll ever get saved. You got to pray for the people around you. You have been placed where you're at, on your job, in your family. I know there are a lot of people who get into a bad situation in their job or get into a bad situation in their family and they just want to leave. They want to quit. They want to get out. They want to move away and they want to forget about everything that ever happened there. But God places you in situations and in circumstances so that you can pray for the people that are around you, so that you can pray for the people that you have connections with. And if you know somebody that you just can't stand that treats you bad begin to pray that God will get a hold of them and save them begin to pray that God will save them for real begin to pray for people around you those people around you who you know aren't living right don't get mad at them and wash your hands of them pray for them pray for them And watch what God does. We have to understand that God has more than enough for everybody involved. We don't have to be selfish in our prayers, but thank God we can reach beyond the borders of our own life and our own circle of influence and ask God to involve himself in the lives of others as well. I pray for people that, that they don't even know I'm praying for them. You got to pray for people. That wouldn't even suspect you to pray for them. 
That person that treats you terrible on the job. That person that you just can't stand. Pray for them that God will save them. It only takes one person to make a difference in an individual's life. And it only takes one person to make a difference in the life of a nation. One person. God can use one person to intercede and make a difference. God used one person when he wanted to lead his people out of Egypt. He used one person. God used one person when he wanted to say, these are my people and I want to form a nation. He used Abraham. He said, Abraham, your seed is going to be greater than anything you could ever imagine. When God wanted to lead his people out of Egypt, he said, Moses, I want you to do it. And so we have a divine mandate. We have a divine opportunity. We have a commission and we've got to pray. And if you study these different kinds of prayer, all these seven kinds of prayer, if you study these different kinds of prayer, you'll understand that a lot of the time we vacillate in our prayer time. We vacillate in times of uh, prayer, even here in church. We'll go from times of prayer of, uh, in tongues to prayer of intercession. We'll go to the prayer of faith. We go between all different kinds of prayer and they flow, they overlap. And so it's important to understand them, but it's important to also understand that it, it, you don't just have to pray one kind of prayer all the time. You can pray all the kinds of prayer and, and you can believe God in all ways. But if you understand the kinds of prayer that, that can be prayed, you'll understand which one you need for which situation. You'll understand that you need the prayer of you need the prayer of faith when you're coming up against something that's difficult that you're believing God that he's going to provide a need you'll you'll pray the prayer of faith and then you'll get somebody and they can pray the prayer of agreement with you and then you can get the church involved and we can have united prayer and then we can pray in tongues and then when somebody's not even with you they can intercede it's important to understand that there are so many kinds of prayer that we can use that God has given to us. We can pray in tongues. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has given you so many tools at your disposal and we got to use them. We got to use them. Amen. Will you stand to your feet tonight? I know that God has taken us deeper and deeper and I believe we have a few more weeks left in this study and I trust that you're keeping your prayer journals I trust that you're asking God for specific things and believing God for the things and writing down when he meets your needs he is calling us all to a higher level the Bible said that he was going to take us from glory to glory and so we're not to remain stagnant, ever. We're never to remain stagnant. But we're always to grow. We're always to, to blossom. We're always to believe. And to stretch ourselves. 
to stretch ourselves. And so I'm believing for you that as you study these different kinds of prayer and learn which ones to use for which situations, that God is going to begin to meet needs, that he's going to prove himself to you. That's my prayer for you this week, that God will prove himself to you, that he'll show up in some way for you this week as you pray, that something you pray for this week is going to be answered visibly and verifiably in your life. Father God, tonight, we thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that you're near. God, that you hear every cry, that you hear every prayer. God, that when we don't know what to pray, you can pray through us. God, help us in our lives to pray, to commit to prayer. God, to crush our own will, to crush our own thoughts, to crush our own ideas. God, help us to lay down what we want, what we desire, and say, God, what you desire for my life is what I want and need. God, what you have for me is what I want to reach out and grab a hold of. God, it's not enough to go on prayerless. It's not enough to go on as we always had. But God, I pray that you would remove any stagnation from our lives and help us to pray. Help us to grow. Take us from glory to glory as we study. Teach us how to pray as your disciples asked. Lord Jesus, I pray for every single person in this room at the sound of my voice watching by Facebook. God, that they would be uplifted this week, that they would be encouraged this week. And something that they pray for, God, or many things that they pray for would be answered this week, that they'll be able to see the results of their prayer God, that you'll prove yourself to them. And God, they'll know that they've reached right into the throne room. And God, that they've had your ear and you've listened to them. God, now I pray blessings on everybody in this room. I'm watching by Facebook. Plead the blood of Jesus down over them. I ask you to watch over them. Guard them and guide them until we get back together again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you need special prayer, I'm here for you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Faith Talk podcast. If you would like to connect with the host, you can do so on Facebook at Caleb Schaefer Ministry on Instagram at Caleb underscore Schaefer or by visiting www.calebschaefer.com Be sure to check out Caleb's worship albums on iTunes, Amazon Music and wherever digital music is sold or streamed. If you've been encouraged today, please share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. May God bless you and remember to tune in next week for another episode of the Faith Talk Podcast.